Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 78 of Mark G. Richardson's podcast series, Remodeling Mastery. Today's episode is brought to you by Surefire Local, hardworking marketing for hardworking people. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I know the majority of us could probably learn a thing or two when it comes to better managing our time. Well, did you know just yesterday, Mark led a discussion on this very subject. If you listened to the past few episodes, I hope you took the time to register and listen live as Mark spoke about ways you can train yourself and your employees to be more efficient. But if you missed out, Mark's Time Mastery webinar is now available on demand. I recommend checking it out using the link included in the description. But for now, I'm going to pass over the mic to Mark. Take it away. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series where we take different topics, topics that will help you look at your process, look at your people, and certainly look at your product differently. Today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think I'm finding out there to be challenging for a lot of remodeling business, and that is the whole kind of notion of selling value. I think more than anything today, homeowners, while they're more informed and there's a higher degree of transparency than ever, in large part because of the internet, there's also a lot of confusion in terms of them understanding and appreciating the value of what they're buying. You know, there are a lot of fundamental, I think, themes that I really think about before I dive into coming up with strategies and techniques. A few of these themes are your clients are really smart. However, most of the homeowners out there, when it really comes down to it, are ignorant about remodeling. They go on the Home and Garden Television Network and they show them how they can build a whole remodeling project in 30 minutes or an hour. They find, for example, that the cost of doing things going through the home centers costs almost nothing as it relates to a professional remodeling experience. Another theme I think that's important is really Understanding, I think, more than anything today, you have to be more skilled at the client experience than you necessarily at the product experience. And as you think about that, you know, are you really a good psychologist? Are you a therapist? Are you a tour guide? You know, are you a financial planner when it comes to the client? And those kind of skills, I think, today, quite frankly, and how to take the client through the, the, the maze of all the decisions is really, really critical. Another theme that relates to this topic of selling value is people buy emotionally but rationalize their decisions logically. You know, that really hit a chord for me when I read that for the first time years ago. And it really hit a chord in large part because of the times, I think, that we were in and what we were experiencing. If you really kind of think about this, you know, back in the go-go times of 2005, 2006, you know, people were just, you know, going for it. They were doing projects of all different sizes and types. They were impatient. They didn't want to even wait. They just were emotionally driven. And if you really think about why would that have been the case in 2005 versus in 2010, 2012, or 2017? And in large part, it was because of the appreciation in their homes. They, they were experiencing 
uh, returns when it came to appreciation. It was almost no mistake that they could make in terms of the remodeling of their home. But what happened in 2008-2009 when the recession hit and all of a sudden they started seeing the home values go down, they had to adjust their thinking. They had to move it from an emotional decision of proceeding with a kitchen or bath or the deck or the addition to really a logical, rational decision as well. So today, I think more than any, they, they, they buy, they get excited about the emotional elements, but they really need the logic. And if you're not providing all the logic as you're communicating to a prospective client, if you're not giving them the value of the logic, then it's very, very hard for those emotions that they get excited about for it to stick. Another classic adage, which really has made the test of time, but I think it's important, and that is people buy when the value exceeds the price. Now, this sounds kind of overly simplistic, but when it comes to buying a meal, you know, when the value to you, the whole total experience of the value hits, for example, or exceeds the level of investment or the price, then you're going to feel good about the decision to do it. This is very true, I think, when it comes to buying a car, when it comes to buying a piece of furniture, but it's especially true, I think, when it comes to uh, the... uh, remodeling experience. And the reality is you are a big part of that value proposition. So you have got to make sure that you're communicating what the value is if you're going to be successful. So as you look at kind of this whole notion of how things have changed in terms of the client experience and how some of the remodeling sales strategies have changed, in the past, we could follow very dogmatic kind of processes. There's many of them out there, many of them that are taught, but the reality is today we need to be a little bit more creative and light of foot. In the past, time would build value. However, what is probably the biggest change in terms of what we're seeing in remodeling sales and remodeling value is speed. There are organizations that are designing their whole proposition, their whole value proposition around how quickly not only they can do the project, but how quickly they can respond. You know, if in fact you can weave speed or weave time into your process, you're going to certainly be more successful. In the past, I think you could kind of follow what the client's fantasies are. However, today, I think when it comes to selling value, you have got to control the fantasy. And what happens if you don't control the fantasy, that project grows and grows out of control, and it's those growing out of control projects that ultimately have get either pulled, put on the back burner or don't necessarily proceed. You know, overall, I think the past, you could really focus on how do I go about selling the client on an idea, on a product and service, whereas today, I think you have to see yourself as guiding them along in the decision process. So again, going back to my theme, people buy emotionally but rationalize their decisions logically, I'm a big believer in starting with the why questions. You know, the reality is every client has a different reason for doing this. And unless you truly understand their why, you're probably not going to be able to guide them in the, in the most successful way.
So the first question, and it sort of, sort of sounds a little bit obvious, but I wouldn't necessarily think about that, and that is, why do this project? Why do this project? You need to ask the question, and to not only to yourself, but also to the client. And then what you need to present, I think, to the client is give them good reasons to do the project. Because if you think about this like a giant scale, going back to when they can rationalize the decision logically, the logic is like the one side of the scale that you're adding weights. The other is all the buyer's remorse, all the other priorities in their life, all their fears to not do the project. So if you can give them a lot of reasons to do or a lot of weights to do the project, you're going to be more likely to be successful. 2018 is just around the corner. Have you begun planning for the new year and what your business goals will be? Just recently, Mark led a 2018 planning workshop and shared how to create a business plan to dominate the competition. If you'd like to watch his workshop on demand, send an email to marketing at surefirelocal.com. For example, why do this project might have to do with lifestyle, might have to do with family. You might use third-party examples in, in terms of what other clients have found in proceeding with pro clients. You know, their home is their greatest asset. You know, are they protecting the asset? If and when they ever were to sell the house, what's the perception of the market about it if it hasn't been updated or remodeled? You know, there's so many good reasons that you can plant in terms of why to do this project, but you have to communicate those to the client, again, because they don't necessarily see it. You also have to understand why they shouldn't do the project, if not anything else, to combat, I think, those, those reasons. The second, I think, question, why question that's especially important, and that is, why do this project now? Now, I would argue that your clients, again, they don't know why they should do it now. Of course, they'd have the desire to do it now, but it doesn't mean they know why they should do it now. You know, historically in the remodeling industry, we do see some price increases. We see some price increases coming from manufacturers and suppliers, usually a couple of times during the year, the first of the year and then middle part of the year. We also see with the scarcity of certainly the trade contractors, mechanical folks out there, we see price increases coming from them. So the longer time we have to negotiate and really do a little bit of shopping and sharpening our pencil, we can provide the best pricing for the client. We also see internal costs in terms of labor going pricing and labor costing going up. So the one primary reason to do it now is, in fact, it's going to cost less than later. And when they're looking at having their money in a little war chest, making only 1% or 2%, and you're looking at remodeling costs going up 5 to 10% a year, it creates a really good rational way. But again, your clients don't necessarily know these things. It's really up to you to communicate why do it now. You know, a remodeler many years ago, I think, said when it came to some exterior remodeling that she was, she was focused on, she would oftentimes tell clients, you know, I just don't want you to let the house suffer. I don't let the house die. And that really hit a chord for me when she shared it, because at the end of the day, the house is really the patient. 
The client is really more the guardian of the house. And at the end of the day, you're renovating the house, so you need to, I think, give them a reason to focus on getting that medicine, getting that remodeling done, getting that updating done now, and not putting it off. But again, it goes back to logic. If you're not communicating these things to the client, you're probably not going to be successful. The other why question, if you're a design-build type firm or a specialty-type firm, you need to communicate your path or your type of specialization of why to do this project with generically your type of approach. Because needless to say, if you're in the window business or you're in the kitchen business or you're in any other kind of remodeling business, they have a lot of different paths. They can work with craftsmen, they can work with boutique companies, or they can work with the professional companies. They can work with kitchen and bath specialists, general remodelers, cabinet reface type companies. There's a lot of different types of companies. So part of what you're communicating, going back to the logic, is not only why to do this project and why to do it now, but also why to do it with your type of category of service. And certainly the last why in all this is why do this project with you. You know, I find it interesting when it comes to most remodeling companies, I'll ask them, you know, do you do quality work? You know, do you do, you know, nice designs, good selection, high level of client experience? And, of course, everyone says, yes, they do. Well, if everyone is saying the same yes, then the likelihood of them seeing the value necessarily in one versus the other is really confusing at, at, at best. So I think you need to really communicate your particular value. How are you different from the other firms out there? For example, if you've got a medium-sized firm and you've got uh, a few employees, you have hundreds of years of remodeling experience. Are you communicating that versus other startups that it's smaller levels of experience? Examples of that, would you, for example, go out and work with, let's say, a heart doctor, a cardiologist, to have a heart operation if they're doing only a couple of those a year? Or would you like to work with someone who's doing it fairly routinely on many, many of them or hundreds of literally of operations over the last couple of years? I mean, the levels of risk that are required, I think, when it comes to expertise really can convince a client to see the value. It might be value also in terms of awards or innovative thinking, innovative ideas. It might be value in terms of lower risk, in terms of the types of assurances that you have for that particular client. It also might be higher level value in terms of some of your strategic alliances. You know, I think most homeowners out there, if you have relationships with, let's say, some of the leading manufacturers or some of the leading suppliers, they can kind of intellectually get that the value to them, if they ever have a problem with their particular project or their home, would be much greater and your response time would be much greater. So don't underestimate, I think, the importance of the logic of working with you. Now, it's great to talk about all the why questions and all this, but it's also important to know how to go about selling value, how to go about communicating, how to guide them to a good value-oriented decision. I am a big believer in what I call the three E's. 
make it easy, talk about it early, and do it every time. So making it easy is all about the client understanding, I think, what you're trying to communicate. Making it easy for them to understand these things is really important. You might need to use visual cues. You might need to use uh, photographs. You might need to use uh, metaphors to be able to explain different kinds of services. Talking about it early is important because most people don't want to sort of have the closing step being when all the value is being presented. You should be talking about the value and literally peppering in the value components that I'm speaking about here early on in the conversation. From the minute you're talking to them over the phone, you pepper in those value to the beginning of the tour in their home all the way through. So it almost becomes seamless at the end and they're convincing themselves to be able to proceed. The other E is doing it every time. The reason that you want to do it on a consistent basis, number one, you'll know if you do it every single time, you'll know what you communicated to that client, but also doing it every time makes you more masterful and makes you be able to reach that level four, four of mastery which are, where you're unconsciously competent in terms of how you're going about doing it. So a few, a few other tips as it comes to this subject. One is, more times than not, if you can listen to what the client's needs, pain points are, you're going to be able to translate those back in terms of value. Value of doing the project, value of doing it now, value of your category of service, and also value of you. You also want to think of yourself, I think, a little bit more of an educator. And part of education is also the facts and figures. You know, I think many times by being more that voice of reason and giving them the facts and figures really helps them to understand. For example, you know, many years ago, I actually calculated the cost of moving versus the cost of staying in the home. And I determined on average, when you take into account real estate commissions, tax transfers, take into account the uh, uh, cost updating the new house, and also fixing up the old house, sometimes the inconvenience and even the bridge of how do you move in as an interim level as you're moving into those. And I determine on average for most clients out there, that cost of the act of moving was 10 to 20% of the value of the new home. So you can actually do the math and that's money that just gets vaporized that could be invested back into the home. But it really, the key to that is more not just communicating the theme, but being very logical about it and giving them the facts and figures and educating it. Also make it visual. If you just give them verbal diarrhea with all these things, it's very tough. Sit down and draw diagrams or show them uh, different kinds of things that help them to understand value, value of, a, of the experience. But most importantly, you really need to make it really relevant to them. You know, just having a rote way to express value is not necessarily the, the thing that you want to do. And lastly, I, I would say, you know, don't keep kind of the value of you a secret. 
we have a tendency, I think, to be a little bit more humble, a little bit more modest. And I certainly don't think you necessarily have an over-the-top ego or make it bragging. But if you can translate the value of working with you and doing the project and doing it quickly, if you can translate all those things and not keep them a secret you know, to the client, uh, the likelihood that they're going to move past that emotional state and move towards a logical good decision is much higher and it's more likely to stick. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Remodeling Mastery. Again, get out there and sell the value of doing this remodeling project. And I want to close with this last little theme that I think really hits a chord for many of you. Having worked on literally hundreds and maybe even thousands of remodeling projects over the last 30 or 40 years, what I have found is that not once in all that time did I ever have a client either working for me or working with one of one of my folks in my company that said, gosh, wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if we just put this project off? All I have ever heard from clients is just the reverse. Boy, I wish I would have done this last year. I wish I would have done this three years ago when the children were at home. I wish that I would have done this project when my mother was still living so she would really appreciate Remodeling is all about that experience. It's all about creating joy in their lives. And why put that off? And I think if you can use examples and third-party phrases like that, you can oftentimes, I think, really hit not only the emotional but also the logical nerve that gets the client to proceed. So take care, everyone, and good luck with selling value of you and the company. Thank you, Mark. You just listened to episode number 78 of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. If you'd like to listen to past episodes and to stay current when new ones are released, be sure to subscribe to the Remodeling Mastery podcast on your favorite podcast app. Before we leave you today, please don't forget to visit our website, surefirelocal.com, for tips and advice on making your marketing work harder by browsing our wide collection of on-demand webinars, ebooks, our blogs, and more. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Be sure to tune in next week for another great episode of Remodeling Mastery.